0: We are now in the season of Lent, a week and a half to be exact, into the journey toward the cross and Easter. This year, for the Lent season, we're going to be doing a sermon series that is, well, a little different. I'm calling it Queering the Christian Life. We are going to be exploring theology through the lens of the queer experience. Now what that means is there are lots of ways to view and understand Scripture. Our siblings in the Jewish faith talk about it as the 70 faces of Torah. Uh, It's the idea that you can find understanding or even deeper and clearer understanding from looking at Scripture from one particular angle or another. Especially when it's one that you might not have looked through before. In this case, it will be through the eyes of queer people and how their lives and experiences shape their understanding of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, to put all my cards on the table, I picked this theme for Lent in part because of the General Conference, not to refute it or to make statements about the Church's position because I think that has already been made clear. What I want is for us to dive a little deeper into what it means to see Jesus as the one who died for the whole world. I want us to walk away seeing LGBTQIA plus folks as having a unique experience of life, as we all do in our own ways, and that has something to teach us about the Christian faith. The basic theory is this. One discerns an identity. One risks telling oneself and others about that identity. One engages with others, touches others to explore that identity. One confronts and is confronted by scandal. One lives out one's identity with and through community, looking to the margins to see who is not yet included. This is the Christian journey, and this is the queer journey. If there are parts of that that maybe do not seem clear, well, stick with me over the next few weeks and we'll dive deeper into how the queer understanding of these concepts invite us all to ponder and consider the Christian faith a little deeper. One other thing before we get much further into this, I'm going to be using the word queer a good bit during this series. And what I'm about to share is not the always and forever, everywhere understanding of the word, but it is how I'm using it in our context over the next few weeks. Queer is a word that has been used as a slur and has also been embraced by many. In academia there's queer theology, queer theory, queer studies, and in that case it's used more as an umbrella term. And the case for us here, really, queer is anyone who identifies outside the sociological norms of heterosexual and or cisgender identity. Now queer is not a word I use often to describe myself, but that's mostly because I've always identified as gay since I first came out. But there are certainly those who solely identify as queer. In that way, it is very much another one of the identity words that you might use. So you might say, yeah, that is me, or maybe say that doesn't quite fit. There's no value judgment here placed on the word, it just is. If the word uh, usage makes you uncomfortable, I understand, and I hope this can maybe be an opportunity to reshape how we see and understand the word a little more. And I'm also uh, more than happy to have further conversation one-on-one for anyone who's interested. So as we dive into this Lenten season, the first aspect of the Christian life I want to invite us to ponder is that of identity. Much of our early life, maybe all life, is finding our identity. It's discovering and rediscovering ourselves, figuring out exactly who am I, at least right now. Sometimes this is exciting and exhilarating as we grow and develop and discover parts of ourselves we never knew we had. Sometimes identity is scary, discovering parts of ourselves we didn't expect. Maybe parts we think we don't even want. Sometimes we want to run from ourselves, run from our deep-down identity. Not just the stuff we show to everyone, but the stuff that's going on inside of us. Even maybe right now. And that's the scary parts of our identity. And these are things that are true for all of us. The queer experience, however, has something unique to teach us about this idea of identity. Much of our identity is defined by our families, or at least those who raise us in whatever ways that might happen, by the places we grow up, and maybe most predominantly by the culture we grow up in. These are the things that set the baseline for most of us when it comes to identity. And for most of us, there is a baseline understanding that the world is in majority heterosexual and cisgender. Therefore, that becomes the default for most of us, until we are given reason to question that. Now, this happens at all ages and stages of life, and everyone has their own experience. But the, for the sake of sermon, I'm going to speak a bit more generally if you'll allow me for queer people there is a moment or maybe even series of moments that I would say are akin to an awakening because the way it works is one day you're going about your life and then something hits you maybe it hits you like a ton of bricks maybe it hits you like a gentle nudge but when it hits you there is an awakening that happens You begin to see and understand the world in a different way because you are coming to realize the way you experience the world is not the experience of everyone. Maybe it even feels like you are the only one. For me, when this shift was happening in my life, it was scary, and it was exhilarating. And there's a ton to that story, which would take too much time to tell here. But what I want you to take from that is it was not an overnight thing either. This period is really a time of wrestling, and again, longer or shorter depending on the individual. It normally begins with a peeking out of the closet, a trying on of the identity, maybe even just for ourselves, saying in our minds, I am fill in the blank. Maybe it is finding a close friend to share with, or maybe it means holding it deep inside and telling no one. But all of this is in exploring. And as we explore, most of the time, we are trying, as we are trying on this new thing, we're stretching it in, moving around in it, and we're jumping up and down in it a few times like maybe you do when you try on a pair of new shoes. And as we explore, maybe we decide this is what fits right. Or maybe we say, no, this isn't quite right, and we try on another pair. Always looking for that right fit. You know that feeling, the one that even if no one else knows it, you say, this is right. This is me. And in that, we build a confidence just by claiming our true identity and understanding ourselves and who God created us to be just a little bit more. What I came to understand from this process was the importance of being able to say, this is who I am, and let me tell you what I know about myself. That is the very definition of identity, coming to know yourself and hopefully being able to share with others. Jesus knew a thing or two about this as well. Reading our scripture for this evening, Jesus has one of those moments to define his own identity. Jesus, approached by some Pharisees, is given a warning as he's traveling from town to town. Now, I know we get on the Pharisees a lot, but just know in this particular text, they are not the bad guys and seemingly are being genuine and coming to warn Jesus Funny how sometimes we get labeled and categorized even when we are doing good. Another case of identity, by the way, but not the one we're going to focus on. So back to Jesus. Jesus is warned that Herod is coming for him and wants to kill him. Jesus, however, is not deterred by this. Jesus, knowing who he is and the important work he has to do to accomplish leads Jesus to basically say, I am too busy doing my thing to run and hide. And Jesus says to them, this is who I am, and unashamedly, this is who I have to be. I can do no other. That right there is identity. Identity. Whether it's queer identity, or Christian identity, or any other aspect of identity, identity is about standing up and proclaiming with pride and conviction, this is me. That doesn't always make it safe and easy, but it's important because we are not created by the very hands of God to hide parts of ourselves away. And Jesus teaches us to go all in on who we know ourselves to be and to not hide away just because others might agree- disagree. You see, we have this identity in a crucified Savior. But not just a Savior who died, but as a Savior who lived and taught us with all of his life, who taught us not only what it means to be willing to die for those whom you love, but to share mercy and grace, to live a life grounded in the love of God, and for God, and for one another. A way that is counter to the ways of the world that are destructive and selfish. And his life, death, and resurrection are meant to do something to ground us in a new identity. And maybe even the best part of that is this identity is not something we can be denied. Now, don't get me wrong. People can try. Good Lord knows I've had plenty of people, even pastors and bishops, tell me I have to choose my sexuality or my faith. But what I have to say... That is a lot like what Jesus said is, I cannot deny either part of me because they are a part of what makes me, me. And that's why I got a rainbow cross tattooed on my arm because these two parts of me are intertwined and will not be denied. When we take on the identity of Christ's follower... It is God who bestows that identity. When we welcome Christ into our hearts and minds to transform us, it is Christ working in and through us. When we open ourselves to the nudge and tug of the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit's invitation. The work of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, That can't be taken, can't be kicked out, pulled away, pushed out, or denied us. Because that is foundational identity. And our foundational identity is from God. And no human hands can touch it. Because our identity is just that. our identity. Amen.